Welcome, I'm your host, Nina Serrano. Today we present Turning a Train of Thought Upside Down, an anthology of women's poetry. Anthology editor Andrina Zawinski says, quote, Turning a train upside down, which is what we often do in the effort to inspire and create poetry, is an expression of the collective voice of the San Francisco Bay Area Women's Poetry Salon. We hope in the words of Anne Sexton you will, quote, Put your ear down close to your soul and listen hard. Today, a selection of poets read their own poems, edited by Andrina Zawinski and published by Scarlett Tanninger Books. Nanette Bradley Dietz, and I am Dakota, Cherokee, and German-American. The name of my poem is Echetu Ado Mitaku Oyasin. In Dakota, that translates as many blessings to a full circle of relatives. Dedicated to Kenneth James Bradley, who took his spirit walk March 26, 1976. Wokiksuye Kenneth James Bradley, Wanagi Omani Kage. I live on an island now, surrounded by the sounds of water. Songbirds, red-tailed hawk, blue heron, egret, blue jay and crow. Here is where I deny urban reality, this new world. My relatives taught me early the trick to Indian survival. How to make the square a circle. How to make concrete cars and pain disappear. They taught us how to look at our land and see it as it was 511 years ago. Ken taught us to remember the season when choke cherries ripen, to remember the stars and the star people, to remember the gift of knowledge passed through a good story and a good joke, to remember to sing and dance, sing and dance, sing and dance. Mixed-race woman, mixed-race man, caught in the gauze between two worlds, our mind and senses the only means of escape. But scar tissue lays thick and deep. Too many broken promises, broken treaties, Broken hearts, loved ones taken away or leaving us behind has made our eyes weak, but our hearts sharp and clear. Our hearts sharp and clear. Deer, wolf, bear, buffalo. Mitakoyasin. is Eva Schlesinger, napkin kin. She carries a napkin collection stolen from cafes across America. Napkins are her souvenirs, not postcards, not silver charms, trinkets, or doodads. 
She has a napkin from a Pennsylvania Dutch pretzel factory, one from the Bronx Zoo, the aquarium, and several she airlifted from the Lebanese restaurant in Mystic. At the grinder store on Bank Street, she plucked napkins from the dispenser while her brother texted his wife on his Blackberry. Every so often, he'd look up and say, stop. In between stops, he'd say, I do this too, the napkin stealing. He told her he had hundreds. She didn't believe him. Months later, when he spilled coffee all over his keyboard at work, he popped open the gold snaps to his leather briefcase and retrieved his napkins. First, he snapped a photo with his Blackberry and sent her an email so she could see for herself. He was always the best. The firstborn, straight-A student, award-winning journalist, and now he held the title for most napkins stolen. She traveled to Alaska with her supply of napkins. They had been at the bottom of her green batik shoulder bag but she crammed them in her maroon handbag's outside pocket. Some spilled over the top, peeking out. They had a room with a view, a free ride on a boat, plane, train, and the chance to see wildlife up close. His napkins stayed stuffed in a briefcase. They were claustrophobic. He was too. is steering your walker. I see you gliding there along the high-toned hospital floor as though it's your highway. Steering your walker, a nurse to your right, her hand steadying you. You are 32 going on 33. You had plans to spend this summer biking, but are learning to walk again instead. Your face shines red an outspoken burn. You stagger and lurch like Frankenstein's monster. You pause to catch your breath. My name is Evelyn Pazimentier. Genetics. I'm contending with the girl in the photo. It could have been the day she began menstruating. Brain aflutter with lesions. I watch a blood bubble blossom from the injection site on my thigh. In the photo, the girl knows she will continually evade averse events with minimal success. Who goes there flirting with disability? In some dreams, there's nothing on the shelves. At the injection site, curious spirits gather. The girl in the photo, the lesions, all in collusion.
is called Attack. Attack. I am driving my car through the city. There are teeth in my brain beginning to bite at my skin. I am driving my car through the city, reminding myself to turn my head before changing lanes. The radio's on. Thank God for AM radio and all the stupid music that fights off those teeth. I keep driving, knowing there must be somewhere to go. Foot on the gas pedal. Foot on brakes. My eyes are familiar with traffic lights. Thank God for that. If it wasn't for the radio, I'd have to talk to myself. Faster than those teeth, faster than the gas pedal. It's gone down to the floor and the traffic lights begin to blink uncontrollably. And there are more lanes to switch into. And I'm on the freeway now where no speed limit can stop the car. Only the police. Only the cracked glass and chrome of collision. With my body not talking to itself, but relaxed in separation. And then I'll have become a surgeon, pulling apart the bodies in my head, separating them from those teeth. And together with the policemen, I'll have to inform the loved ones about what happened. I'm Mary Rudge. This news, or words terrible enough Strong enough to tell this. Women in a factory on fire who burned, who jumped from windows to fall nine stories and die. The poet worked. The words seemed as blood clots, smear as smears, as tears, among things that were beautiful in the room. Paintings, photographs, other art and poems, the heads and hands of people, beautiful. Words fell from her mind as the women fell screaming, the women who sewed the same pattern over and over, ten hours a day, seven days a week, twelve cents an hour, whose safety was counted as nothing. A hundred and forty-six died, their bodies were counted. Even after a hundred years, they haunt the news, the burning skin of live bodies on fire. Sizzle of fat flesh, the ache in hands that could not hold longer to the edge of a window, the agony of fear in the falling, the instant white light of blank emptiness when the brain spills from the skull's crack, the breaking of spine and fingers, the intertangled neural system, blood vessel sinew, split open. Girls and women who once were solid forms in a room humming with their industry, warm with their breath, with feelings and neurons throbbing and tingling. Women who shared bread they needed with others in need. The girl with beads and ribbons braided into her hair. The woman who sang songs she knew from another place to her children. The women others counted on for their happiness, who made things beautiful. For these, 
The poet tried to gather together words and letters that were scattered like separate bones. For women who had sold parts of their lives for passage to America, women with years of sweat and tears in the thousands of stitches they made for a few coins, the one who was 13 years old, women who had come from persecution and repression to hear and hope, those who hung from windowsills by their fingertips, girls who gave their virginity to get a job, women who slept on cardboard, women with seven children, 12 children, those who supported sick mothers, the one who supported little sisters, the one who died with the unborn child within her, the ones who held hands and fell through space together, the one who kissed her and pushed her out the window nine stories, up, then jumped, hair on fire through the air, the many who fell into the firemen's nets, then onto the sidewalk as others fell upon them and the nets broke. Their fall broke through concrete. They burned. And outrage changed things, the sprinklers spraying out overhead like lotus flowers. Opening. They died for unlocked doors and safe elevators and fire escapes for unions and working conditions to become humane. The artist wants to show fair labor laws, workers' rights, justice. The poet tries again to shape words into action and truth. Artists and poets together, what will their work do? And you, too, what more can we do with this news? out the window or perish in flames their names they were just immigrants just those Jewish and Italian girls from the ghetto and poor Irish immigrants not really us USA you know where can you get to from the ghetto you think college on that pay a cottage maybe with fruit trees and roses and chickens and children, a yard for play, fresh milk every day, a cow, they would die anyhow. Lint in their lungs from the cloth, breathing dust in the locked room, old building mold, brittle bones from bending to sew in the factory all those hours a day, making shirt waist, Stitch, stitch, go blind, have cancer, cough, TB. They were going to die anyway. My name is Carol Dorf. Fruit of Stories. Demeter and her daughter Persephone 
every woman tells this story with her mother. Temptation of the thin-skinned, juice-filled seeds and following that God back to Hades, wrapping arms around his leathery waist as the motorcycle shoots through time and space. We return to mother with our children, but she puts the plates of soup in front of them while we peel fruit and rinse scummy glasses. We say, I didn't know it would be like this. And she smiles, folds a towel, and starts humming a lullaby we could remember, if only she'd been patient. Our daughters won't stop growing. Our laps grow crowded with these half-women girls. They say no when they see breasts softening their bony ribs. We reply, it can't be helped. We'd like to stop feeding them hard-boiled eggs, but they've developed a taste for that mix of rubber and mush. We can't close the door or hold back the day. They cut a pomegranate off the tree and run through the fields in search of a god. Plotting hours of daylight. Already, there's a perceptible change of light and darkness. The rush of time that speeds up around the equinox. And no one feels quite ready for the change. That's how we always imagine infinite. As though we believe the proof that maps all the real numbers into the space between zero and one. She holds out her hand and we expect a gift. But instead, it is a small frog, the toxic slime about its skin shiny in this light. How did she become immune? One smiles as running is not an option. And then a bell rings and it's time to go to class. We are all in that infinite high school where every moment presages disaster. And we always want to tell more to our friends than will ever be safe. Between light and dark, twilight, which always used to frighten me because the approach of night was more of a problem than darkness itself. When I switch off the light, shadows lengthen and lose form the way the lost are everywhere filling the corners of the room, calling out, Look at me! Stop that purposeful forgetting. There's pressure to rejoice in winter as though crystals encompass perfection. I used to fear the melt. Where were you then? The way we walked hand in hand spoon together through night 
like the infinite colors of another country. My name is Judith Offer. The first poem is called, And There's Them. We are the women of small histories, diaries, journals, letters to our sisters, whose mothers recited earlier accounts while mixing turkey stuffing or brownies in any coffee-flavored kitchen. We are the keepers of lesser treasures, relish recipes, songs our uncles sang, steps to the old dances, whose children are relentlessly photographed and ride the years from sharp to fading in masks of cellophane. We are the bearers of background memories, his last words, her first song, thanksgiving before the war, whose grandchildren will grow to remember us and theirs, them. The other poem I'm going to read is called Where Plums Once Hung. I buried my words the other day under the plum out of the sun in the farthest part of the yard. It was a little hard parting with armloads of my heart's charges, unsold poems, unknown stories, leftover notes and old programs. But I sewed them and then hosed them over. It was surely a bit absurd, but it was other words' turns. These versions had been heard. They messed my desk, shelf-wrestled, and pressed endlessly for attention. It was necessary to eject them. They grumbled some under the plum, but I mulched their mumbling. Now I wonder... Will summer sun show clumps of puns where plums once hung? And will my prose turn purpler because the plum under earth's now wordier? My name is Elaine Lockie, and I'm going to read two poems. The first one is Translation of a Facelift. Words written but unspoken radiate from the scapel's thin assault in colors that bled under her skin. Their sharp blotches a whore's rouge, slap on the face, a fever, fire engine siren, and salmon flesh. The frown she found in her fourth-grade diary pulled flat now to forge a platform to speak its mind, a thunderstorm in the swelling, on skin stretched tight like leather tanned in cedarwood solution. Stains of night, seaweed, saffron, purple plums, and dirty linen slurred. 
their utterances echoing for days, a sadness that diminishes in hues of daffodil, dusk, lullaby, pink lemonade, and robin's egg. The surgeon said he'd never seen so much bruising. He hadn't felt the 50 years of silence secreted behind the frowned lines, nor studied the foreign language of colors to know how pain can be spelled out, crayoned powerless by shades of sunshine. How those colors he didn't hear can heal scars. The second poem is Saying Goodbye. The cut daffodils on the kitchen table turn dark gold after two weeks. Out of the window, late afternoon sun emblazons bark on a madrona tree to a deep cherry sheen. Such light is a living thing, like the deer that strip ribbons of red from bark, or woodpeckers that eat the orange puckered berries. Such light never shone inside a church, not in sixty years of Sundays. A searchlight for lost souls, for the downtrodden, the sick, the guilty, the sad, the hearts beaten into a flat line. It sucks me to its bosom, elevates me to high branches, where I see the purpose of everything around me, the bee in the wild rose bush. Why the waves in the ocean, the robin's song at dusk, the onset of night, the circular motion of the stars. It is here in this tree where I leave you, my wings as butterfly brittle as a dead daffodil, before it crumbles into the earth to become bone meal for the roots. My name is Ruby Bernstein. Ritual. The house is quiet tonight. Everyone is ready. The waiting begins. My mother lights the blue candles perched in the sterling candlesticks. Her head covered in Hebrew, she recites the blessing. Her mother, Rebecca, Rivka, my namesake, taught her decades ago. I wait, squirming and shifting from foot to foot, inhaling the magic of my mother's chicken slowly simmering in the cast iron pot, wafting smells of tomatoes and onions, the gedempte chicken, the chicken of immigrant women. My mother, tired, has rushed home from work, rituals to perform before the sun sets over our valley. On this and every Friday night, she removes her apron. My father shaves and wears his best tie. I wash my face and brush my long, dark curls. Our white pottery plate standing ready, the chicken calls. Now, on foreign shores, Tashkent, Vilnius, Cairo, Dushanbe, Guam, lands where I have traveled, where other mothers pray, I eat alone on Friday nights, deaf to synagogue songs while memories simmer.
This program was produced by Nina Serrano with technical direction by Jill Montgomery in the studios of KPFA in Berkeley, California. To order the book, go to www.scarlettanninger.com. Thanks for listening. The 2019 Local Station Board elections are underway. If you donated a minimum of $25 or volunteered three hours between July 1st, 2018 and June 30th, 2019, you should have received either an email ballot, a postcard, or paper ballot. If you haven't, then fill out a ballot request form on elections.pacifica.org. Members without access to the internet can leave a voicemail for the election supervisor at 510-854-9663. Paper ballot replacements will be issued through October 7th. All ballots must be received by October 15th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to be counted. It's 94.1 KPFA, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org.